DJ and PK brought to you in part by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. PK, we had the weirdest thing happen in the last segment. What? Someone agreed with you. No! Yes. And there was no sarcasm. There was no backhanded compliment. They took your point, they agreed with it, and then they amplified it. So sit down, because I don't want you to, you know, keel over out of shock. I'm always sitting down. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we do the show. (laughs) Sit down for hours at a time. It may not actually be healthy for us. So the question of the morning, uh, what should happen now? Uh, After the shooting in Wisconsin, uh, there are frustrated NBA players out there, social media, their quotes, their interviews. Maybe you saw the LeBron postgame interview last night. Uh, George Hill wondering why they even went down to the bubble. Um, Donovan Mitchell, uh, F the playoffs. Um, so you were talking about, uh, earlier this morning, you were talking about it is time for action because the letters on the court, the words on the jersey, fine sentiments and all that, but you got to move beyond that and action and actually somehow get involved, make a difference. At Helium SLC, I agree with PK, it's time for action. I would love to see Donovan or LeBron or any other athlete start meeting with police departments across the country and start a dialogue and try to understand and create positive change. I wonder about that myself. I don't know how that would be perceived or received. I don't know if it's the right answer because I'm I'm not in that position. But I was wondering if they should have videos on how to react when police and you have an encounter what what are the do's and don'ts is that right is that wrong i don't know i just put that out there yeah i think uh back to our conversation with joe ingles i think you know the first thing is um as you uh you know whether it's uh police chiefs sheriffs officials other law enforcement you know where are they coming from you know you asked joe about going to a foreign country to make your living and play in the best basketball league in the world, and then kneeling during that country's anthem. You know, and I can't remember how you phrased it, but basically you asked him if it made him uncomfortable. And, uh, and Joe's retort, and, and we've talked to him so much, you know, we can get the tone. And it was clear it did make Joe uncomfortable. <laughs> and he did it, but then he gave us a long answer and explained why. And <clears throat> to sum it up, basically, it's he got to know these guys. He travels on the road. He goes to, you know, goes for coffee in the morning before the shoot around. You're talking on the bus and a plane. You get to be friends with them. And then Quinn does this thing, apparently, where he's got them in the locker room and they're sharing their stories. And Joe said, you know these guys. You know, you've traveled and you spend a lot of time together and you know them. And when they start telling their stories about themselves or their brother or their dad or their grandpa or their kid or, you know, their best friend or high school teammate or whatever, and you see them just completely broken up and devastated, totally vulnerable, it leaves a mark on you. (laughs) You just, you don't forget that. And I think that including... um, I think including police chiefs and political leaders, and if they saw that, because the fact is there isn't a lot of interaction across racial lines or across socioeconomic lines. There's huge gap. People don't know. They don't hear those stories. They don't have those kind of talks. You, know, you might work with somebody uh, who grew up in a different place than you or looks different than you, but how often do you have talks like that? Now, that's asking a lot of people to open up about their own life. You, you know, 
You've said multiple times, PK, there's stuff that has left a major mark on you, and you don't want to go into it on the air. You don't want to open up like that to everybody. And I know some of those stories. I'm pretty sure I don't know all of them, but I know some of them. And, you know, like Joe, it leaves a mark on you. It leaves a mark on me. Even though I know your stories, and I wish you would share them because I think a lot more people are going through similar stuff to you, and it would help them. And, but it does open you up to a segment of the population who just wants to blast you no matter what because you wrote a story about Rick Majerus and they didn't want to hear it because they rooted for the Utes. So I get why you don't want to do it. Um, and I get why NBA players don't want to do it. You know, it's their life. Do you really want it out there? And then somebody hits you up anonymously on social media. But I think those stories are powerful. I think we heard it in Joe's voice. Like, Joe jokes around a lot. He takes shots at us. He uh, has stuff to say if he passes us in a hallway and all that. But because of that, because we know what Joe's like when he's sarcastic or when he's goofing around or when he's being silly— you know, when he says something that meaningful about what it's like to sit in that locker room, I mean, we both listened. You know, we knew he was 100% serious and we could trust him on this. And I think that those stories with political leaders and with police chiefs and all that, I think they'd be powerful and I think they'd be way more productive than some of the stuff we've seen. And maybe some of the stuff we've seen, you know, it's steps in a process and at first you put something on a court in a jersey, but you move on to something deeper and it's riskier, you know, and I'm telling someone else to take the risk and I'm not taking it. So I totally get that. But I think it has to happen because if they don't know where you're coming from, how are they going to react the way you want them to react? Because you want them to react a certain way because of where you're coming from, your backstory. So I think, I think for all the nonsense that happens on social media and all the nonsense that happens in uh, sports talk radio and being right in the middle of it, of all the nonsense and laughing about goofiness and all that, I think what you said earlier and what Helium said right there, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And that's why I think they need to play the games. Because people want to hear from Donovan Mitchell because he went for 57 and it was unbelievable. And he backed it up with 51 and it was stunning. 12 points in the last two minutes. Now now they want to hear what he has to say. And when he and his teammates speak from the heart, not... um, You know, words can be cheap in all of our lives, but when they speak from the heart and they leave themselves vulnerable, I mean, you and I know politicians. It's a small state. You know, we go we go to the road home at Christmas to do the the fundraiser for, you know, Utah's largest homeless shelter. And man, the governor comes through. The mayor comes through. The county mayor comes through. We're sitting there talking sports with the chief law enforcement, you know, at the top of the pyramid in the state of Utah. Here comes the attorney general. We're talking sports with him. We know all these people. And their politics might line up with yours, you know, a little bit, quite a bit, a lot, not at all, you know. But there's still something when you're talking to them. They're like, they're not completely up in the night, even if you don't agree with them on stuff. And I think they'd hear these stories in a different way if someone sat across the room and told them. Yeah, my, my whole thing, and I agree with everything you said there, is it, to me it's time for more action. And posting on social media and giving interviews, all important, but as they would acknowledge, it's not enough. So it's, it, we need to get beyond yeah. signs in people's yards and on courts and on jerseys 
and I want these leaders, these these sports figures that are viewed, whether you agree or not, are viewed at least as some form of hero, and hero is probably the wrong word, idols, look up to. Let's do more, and then just just talk about it. I want to see I want to see these guys do some real action the day after the season ends. You know, what what can they do? Well, it remains to be seen what they can do. I know what Pat Tillman did. And I want to see them do something along those lines with that dramatic of a change. Pat Tillman gave it up. Are these guys willing to give it up? They talk about it. But are they willing to give up all that goes with it? Because there's a lot of good that goes with it. These guys are rich beyond their wildest dreams, I would think. Uh, Pat Tillman gave it up for the cause. He literally gave it up. And are these guys, is anybody going to do it? And go into some form of activism beyond what they're doing? Because if you feel this strong, when you say F the playoffs, F the games, that's strong. And I don't take it lightly. I take it very, very seriously. Because I intended, I believe Donovan Mitchell intended to take it very, very seriously. So I take him at absolute face value. And maybe maybe basketball isn't the right thing. Maybe there's a higher calling. Like for Pat Tillman, NFL football wasn't the right thing. Maybe well, higher calling isn't the right word. Yeah, but, but, I mean, we read all kinds of stories. Uh, there was just one locally, right, because Dewey Gray, who played football at BYU, is now, where, where is he a pastor? North Carolina. North Carolina, right? So you don't know what guys are going to do with the rest of their lives. You know, basketball will be over at 30 or 35, 45 if you're Tom Brady for football. Um, you know, and you'll still there'll still be time to do a lot of things. Yeah, things is going on today though. F yeah. the games is today. Yeah. It's not ten years from now. It's today. F the playoffs. That's today. That's right now. We don't have time. We don't have time to wait. According to Donovan Mitchell, justifiably, I agree with him. We don't have time with the wait. So it's right now. You feel that strong? Let's see what you got. What can you do? You've been doing a lot. But can you do what somebody like Pat Tillman did? Because if you feel that strong, do it. Maybe maybe there's a different calling in life. Maybe there's not. But I've just posed this question because I take him at at face value and George Hill saying, we shouldn't have come down here to play this damn thing. I'm, that's a paraphrase, but it's basically the same uh, quote. Okay. Well, it's still time to change it today because – I mean, you, you hear these guys, they, they don't feel safe every day. And they tell you, I can read you the George Hill quote, people are getting shot every day. I mean, somebody's going to get shot today. You got to do it today. You got to do it now. If that's the way you feel, according to your feeling. Pat Tillman didn't wait. He went today. If that's the way they feel, I think they should do it. Hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK. Go to Twitter, David DJ James. You know, I think if they try to do it nationally, they're going to be frustrated. I think most of their power lies in their local communities. I think they, and I don't think they fully grasp it because I think that, uh, man, bubble really is the word of the year, isn't it? But uh, even to, even when, uh, you know, before everything shut down in March, um, you know, to a certain degree, they live in a bubble. They live in gated communities. They, uh, 
they drive in the practice, so they drive right past the people. Some may stop for the autographs, but there's always a handful of people out there with signs and autographs and all that. And the gate opens, and they drive behind the gate into the basketball facility, and the gate closes. You know, and how much do they interact? And I think that they've got, they can really leverage their money and their popularity and their fame in their local communities. And, you know, Don, for Donovan Mitchell, he's got ties in New York. Obviously, he's a name in Louisville, and obviously, he's a name in Salt Lake City. But I don't know that the level of power he's got in those communities, I think he's just got a fraction of that, you know, in other places. So I really think they're going to have to go back and work in their backyards, which may be frustrating because the news pops up over here and over there in this state and this county and all that. But you got to do the work, and you're not going to get the immediate gratification, you know. I don't think they're doing do work the, for What do you mean gratification? What do you mean by that? It's solving the problems. Not there, there won't be another shooting. You know, it's, it's not going to work like that. You know, you're still going to be frustrated by the news. But if you're, so? if you're you partnering. Right, I know. But if you're partnering and leveraging your fame in your backyard and partnering with people who are already doing that kind of work, you are really going to move things forward. But I don't know that they know that. I don't even know that they know. When we asked Joe who to... Um, with all the work he's done with autism, you know, how did he, how did he connect with people in a community? And he said it was it's basically luck, you know, but you have to be out there interacting with people. Yeah, and I question if basketball is getting in the way of that. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Chris Kimrani, The Athletic, covers the Utes. He joins us next. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5-1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Jazz try to close out their first-round series against the Denver Nuggets today. Game 5, 4.30 on TNT and AT&T Sportsnet. The Zones coverage will begin at 3.30 with the pregame show. Four games in the NBA yesterday. The Lakers are up 3-1 on the Blazers after a 135-115 win. The Thunder and the Rockets are tied 117-114. The Thunder win to tie the series at two games apiece. Bucks are up 3-1 on the Magic after a 121-106 win. And the Heat sweep the Pacers 99-87 the final. Today, it's Jazz and Nuggets at 4.30. Mavericks and Clippers at 7 o'clock on TNT. Jazz game also on AT&T Sportsnet. This back-to-basketball update is brought to you by Zions Bank on 97.5, to The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on The Zone Sports Network. What do they sell cocaine by nowadays? So you can get 20 lines from a single gram. For a heavy user, cocaine addiction can cost about $120 a day. So yeah, if you're dropping 20 lines a day, you got a problem. This is going to cause a rift. say if you're dropping 20 lines a day, you have a problem. I think if you're dropping a line a day, you've got a problem. I don't think it takes to get 20 uh, lines. Serious <laughs> If you're around 10, then no, you're, you're okay. No, just go by this little chart. They say you're good. You probably have a problem if you're doing any lines. Of course. Like, no lines is acceptable. Hey, I'm telling you right now, there's some listener out there that's doing 5 to 10 lines a day, and he's like, yep, Scotty's right. See, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem. <laughs> so the unintended consequences of me reading that on the air is that somebody out there is like, eh, I'm good. This better not end up as a promo. Hanson Scotty. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in Chris Camerani. Covers the Utes for The Athletic. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Chris, good morning. thought you guys had forgotten about me. No, I thought about you. I got an email with all kinds of rules and regulations for how to contact the University of Utah uh, coaches and athletes. And first thing I thought is, well, if they're not playing any games, why are people going to need to contact them? And then the second thing I thought is, I wonder who Chris Camrani texted and set the rules. No, that's not actually who I thought did it. I thought of somebody else. But I, I thought of you too. I ran. I ran through several names eventually. Yeah. Okay. Because I figured that had to be triggered by somebody calling somebody without going through channels. Uh, you guys know me. I'm known as a rule breaker. Unfortunately. <laughs> so what are you going to do with yourself with uh, no youth football? Um, well, I'm going to lean on you guys to give me story ideas first and foremost. And you guys are running behind the eight ball in that realm, so I'll forgive you for the time being. But step up. Um, <laughs> you know what? Like I, I'm gonna try to kind of adopt the approach that I had at the trip before I joined the athletic, and just try to do uh, a bunch of random stuff. And obviously, not gonna bail on Utah because that's what I was hired to do. But I think there are a lot of interesting stories locally and nationally, and I think. Luckily for me, with joining the athletic, I have more of the, uh, an ability to expand nationally with stories now. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, in the meantime, it's going to be a lot of you guys know me throwing stuff against the wall and see if it, seeing if it sticks. So, what are you hearing as far as what the team activities are going to be during this time where they're not actually playing games? Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I to be honest with you guys, I don't know because. Just seeing that email, it said that no workouts are going on at the moment due to the COVID-19 measures. So, uh, you know, Kyle Whittingham's going to have a presser this morning, later this morning, and I think that's going to be one of the first questions asked of Kyle is, what does the rest of the fall look like? Because if these student-athletes are still going to be on campus, you would imagine that they're going to be working with the coaches and staff in some form or fashion so it's going to be interesting to see you know what the ncaa green lights because obviously they've never been in this position where they're going to have a few conferences trying to play while they have a few others not so it's going to be interesting to see what sort of new bylaws and rules the ncaa can conjure up for us to uh, try to understand So I assume one of the stories that you are inevitably going to write, because you're a smart guy and you've already figured this out, and you will not count this against my quota of stories I must provide you to maintain whatever fragile friendship we have. Ooh, but fragile I'm, friendship. Yeah. Huh? Uh, ha, I mean, once upon a time, I told you where to find a, a, a soccer field. But other than that, what, really, what good, have I, what good have I been for you? Um, I, I'm curious what impact this is going to have on recruiting, because there's a, if – if these six leagues are able to pull off this season play, but let's assume they are, and that they play it out and they play whatever bowl games and playoff and they, and they do the deal, there'll be a ton of criticism for the four leagues that didn't play. But at the same time, there'll still be scholarship restrictions and you know Ohio State and Alabama and Clemson will only be able to sign 25 players. 
So there was there will still be players out there. What kind of an impact is this going to have on recruiting? Not hyping it up too much, not underselling it. There, there should be some negative impact, but really, how much? Yeah, I think we're going to find out. And if I'm going to operate in this realm of you saying we're assuming that these other conferences are going to play, then I will go along and say they will probably use it as a negative recruiting tool <laughs> towards other conferences because, as you guys know, recruiters are always looking for a way in, and you wouldn't put put it. I wouldn't put it past them for them to say, "Look at us, guys. We're not afraid. We're macho. We're strong." We're not afraid of this virus. We're going to play. So uh, long term, I don't know how much it affects anything because dipping back out of the realm of the hypothetical that you talked about, I don't think they're going to play. So they might they might start. I'll say they might start. I don't think they're going to finish. We've seen one by one slowly players coming out and saying seniors, seniors to be that um, I'm going to prepare for the draft. Bingham highs to Fele down there at SC has said yep. it. Uh, how do you think of it's going to play out for guys at Utah, particularly somebody like Jake Bentley who came here to basically expose himself more for the NFL. I mean, obviously to play here and yeah. help the Utes win games, but I think the ultimate goal was to get out on the field to enhance his NFL prospects. Yeah, I mean, I think Jake looked at what Andy Ludwig was able to do last year with Tyler Huntley, and obviously he thought, here's a guy that I've known for, you know, six or seven years now. Andy recruited Jake back when Jake was in high school. Maybe he can have the same effect on me. But Jake's an interesting case because he's a three-and-a-half-year starter at a SEC school, but he missed the last year of that season injury in the opener. And I think – you're Jake, you probably need one really strong year of film going to the draft. So my guess would be that, I mean, we'll find out. We'll ask Kyle today and see if he knows. But my guess would be that, that Jake will probably be back for 2021. And I don't think, uh, I mean, as you guys know, it's, it's an interesting give and take. I was talking to a friend about this last night, and he was saying, like, how does this hurt players long-term who have aspirations of playing in the NFL? And I said, yeah, on one hand, I get it, but how many players in college football actually go on to play in the NFL? The percentages are very small. And you can also argue that while it sucks for them and that they want to play, these, these, these young men are playing a sport where they're just getting battered every single week, whether it's in practice or in games. So from a physical standpoint, outside of the virus, I think, I don't know, Having, having some time off will help them. But we do know that football is football, and one awkward move in a practice can buckle your knee, and there goes your ACL. So it's an interesting give and take for sure. Obviously, financially, this is, uh, this is bad for the U. Uh, I think it's also clear yep. it's going to be worse for other schools. How much of a hit do you think the Utes are going to take? Not, so not so much worried about the money, but when they do start playing again – Will it have diminished their status in the conference? It'll, you know, some schools will take a bigger hit, some won't take such a hit. How does that play out? Because that's really what the fan cares about. Yeah, you know what? I think if it was last year's team, I think it would have been, you know, far worse because they had such a veteran-laden team that had aspirations of winning the Pac-12. And as we saw, they were one game away from making the college football playoffs. This year, I think it kind of helps, to be honest with you guys. Like, think about how young this team is. 
um, especially on defense. I mean, you were you're talking about having, you know, maybe six to seven true freshmen either starting or contributing on a defense at Utah, which is unheard of. Um, and granted, you know, the offense was returning everybody, but Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss and Darren Paulo, Damari Simpkins, and I get that. But I, I think of, of all the teams in recent history that Utah's had, I don't think the, the missing out on a year necessarily hurts them. I think being able to let's, – let's operate in another realm of, of hypothetical and say for the, for the fall they're allowed, I don't know, 15 to 20 weeks, still go through walkthroughs, still do film sessions, still break it down. I know there's nothing that, that replicates practice like practice. But I just think being able to teach these young players who are coming in from all over the country what it's like, what it's going to be like, I don't think that necessarily hurts them, to be honest with you. What do you think the chances of spring football actually happening are in terms of games, not practice? Uh, I'll go 10%. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to ask. If, if, you're, if you're postponing a, uh, a college football season for the sake of the health and wellness of players, due to a virus, I don't think you, you can turn around and say you can ask them to play 20 to 24 games in a calendar year and, and not making about their, their, their safety, health, and wellness. I just don't see it. And I don't know. I keep going back to this, this thing locally. It's like maybe, maybe around the, the Pac-12 footprint it helps. I mean, PK, you know, we, we would love to be in, in Tempe in January. That's great. But, yeah. I mean, it, what, what happens if we have a really – prolonged set of, of inversion and it's flu season and COVID is known to affect the lungs. Well, what are we going to, we're going to ask players to play in, in, in polluted air in January or February. It just, I don't see it. I mean, I think the college football season exists why it does. Um, and, and I know maybe I'm looking into the weeds a little bit too much here locally in terms of how it, how it, it could impact the players and fans here. I just don't see it happening guys. I, I don't think, I don't think it will work out for a lot of reasons, and I just named a few. So, yeah. So you want me to come up with stories for you, but I get shut out of the January trip to Tempe? That doesn't seem fair. Well, I get I get shut out too. I'm just misery loves company. You get uh, okay. And no, nobody's more miserable than me. So come on. <laughs> hey, so, hey, hey, hey! I worked hard <laughs> for that title. Yeah, you're right. You're right. One A, one B. Back off. Uh, so, does the misery extend to college <laughs> basketball? It seems like the non-conference schedule. That, that I wouldn't I wouldn't count on that, but no. a conference schedule in an NCAA tournament, I would take that right now if that was the deal that were offered to me. Is that deal going to be offered to me? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see non-conference happening. I mean, right now it's January 1. The pause is until January 1. Um, now, the, the bigger conversation is point-of-care testing. Um, is it, A, going to be available? Is it going to be reliable? Um, these there's just too many hoops to jump through, guys. I mean, I think we were we were hopeful, we were optimistic um, in the summertime, and then all hell broke loose, and everybody decided that you know it's summertime. I'm going to go do the parties and the lake, and you know live our live our normal lives, and and we got set back pretty dramatically. And you know, I know people don't want to hear it, but Utah. Utah is one of the one of the few states in the Pac-12 footprint, which was the main reason why we, frankly, weren't able to get off the ground. I mean, it was Utah, Arizona, Southern California, 
we didn't do a good enough job. And I think at the end of the day, uh, college football is going to have to be that unfortunate sacrificial lamb. So I'm interested to know how it, the numbers are going to play out because you've got some high school kids, particularly in places where they aren't playing right now, and obviously that's California that yep. we've said, and the quarterback has said that, well, they're going to forego their senior season and get up to wherever they're going in January. So you still got the existing guys. They haven't left, and they can get the year back. They're not even going to play right now in the Pac-12, so there's no year to get back anyway because they didn't excuse the eligibility. So you got all those guys. So how's everything going to fit together numbers-wise? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think – they're going to have to figure out how they frame. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people have been calling this 2020 senior class super seniors going into 2021. They'll be exempt from the overall scholarship allotment. Um, I guess luckily from our standpoint, if we're following Utah football, they don't have that many. I think there's 16 or 17 compared to where last year. It would have been, you know, a little more astronomical in terms of numbers. But yeah, it, it's interesting to, to think about the high school football aspect, I think um, you guys should go. I retweeted a story that our USC writer, Antonio Morales, wrote uh, last week about uh, kind of a big-time Southern California recruit relocating to to Utah to play uh, for the 2020 high school football season, and he's at Brighton now. And uh, I, I always figured that was going to be the case because we have a history of, of, welping, of welcoming those young men to our state when it comes to high school football for a plethora of reasons. Um, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic of overall scholarship count uh, plays out because um, it's going to be hectic. It's going to be confusing. Um, and maybe just that you guys are giving me another another question to ask Kyle on the conference call this morning. So thank you. <laughs> we're, having, we're having a good morning, PK. <laughs> <laughs> I, and this is where it won't work out. I know this is just me getting out in the weeds. And PK loves to mock me for that. But they're going to be, there's only so many games and so many snaps. And there's going to be too many players. They're going to give everybody eligibility. The super seniors get to stay. The uh, high school kids get to come on campus a semester early. And you're going to have too many players. So that's why spring and fall works. And if they limit the number of games or the number of plays, however they want to do it, that the players can play, uh, that's why I think they can play more games mm. in a calendar year. But that just has too many details to work out. And teams, I think, are looking for competitive advantages. And it's, it's, someone will find something to complain about, and it won't happen. Yeah, I just don't know if an extra 25 to 30 players warrants two seasons in a calendar year. And, um, hell, maybe they, maybe we can get super weird with it and do a varsity JV college. Maybe we can have underclassmen in the spring and, you know, everybody in, in, in the fall. I don't know. I just, it, it, I agree with you, DJ, that it's going to, the, the overall count is going to make things confusing and difficult. I just don't see how it warrants two seasons in one calendar year. I just don't. Yeah, it's not going to. I don't think it's going to happen either. I'd like it to, but it won't. What I find potentially interesting, we know that recruits, particularly out-of-town recruits across the country, they choose a particular school because they know at their position kids are leaving 
You just go yeah. back as far as Jalen Johnson. You know, he had Oklahoma, SC, Utah. Well, he chooses Utah because they had at that time a bunch of seniors who were leaving. He knows that they're going to leave so he can play early. He stated from day one his intention was to play three years and go to the NFL and graduate. And, man, he called a shot, and he did that. And then you look at quarterbacks. Well, quarterbacks always look at who's in the program and what grade they're in. And so I come in and I redshirt a year. That moves player XYZ out of the program, hopefully for them into the NFL. So the door is open for opportunities to play early. Everybody wants to play early. Well, now, you know, we already discussed a kid like Bentley and you think that he would stay around. So and not just particular to Utah. We're using Utah as an example. They've got a hot shot quarterback coming in, but that crowds it more than he was anticipating. So do you think that decisions will be changed because of that? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think uh, I, I think the bottom line is is we're going to have to lean on coaching cliches and say if you want the job, be the better player. And I think that's really the only logical explanation at this point. I mean, I think to try to get too far down in the weeds of who might leave, who might stay, that's going to happen regardless. I think th- this situation makes it a little more untenable. But we, we've seen the amount of movement that, that happens in college football, even not in a pandemic. I mean, I was at the uh, Jimmy, Buffett, Jeff, Jimmy Buffett concert a few years ago, and, and PK breaks the news that, uh, what's his name? Jack Tuttle was leaving. And I looked down on my phone, look at PK breaking news while I'm at the Jimmy Buffett concert. I mean, and I was in the concert, stuff. too. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way, I mean, it just, it's just the way it is. And I, and I understand that it's going to make, uh, conversations and positional battles more difficult. Um, but, I, but I guess from a big-picture standpoint, college coaching staffs won't be that you know, unhappy that they'll have more talented players competing against each other. It might make the conversations a little more awkward and difficult, but at the end of the day, uh, the bottom line is they're going to play their best players and try to win the most, most football games. That's, that's the bottom line. You realize PK was breaking the rules and texting people directly during the Jimmy Buffett concert. Hey, 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 <laughs> shut the hell up. <laughs> PK, PK is untouchable. We know that. Those were new rules. <laughs> PK's like uh, Henry Hill on Goodfellas. He's just, he's untouchable. Karen! Seeing <laughs> <laughs> the helicopters in the skies every day. Chris Camerani, he writes for The Athletic, and he will be getting creative with his stories going forward. You know, the one thing you're not going to be able to write, I think, is coaching changes. Because with all this, who's going to be buying coaches out now? Hey, I buy you out. You don't buy me out. (laughs) Yeah, maybe, uh, I guess there was a joke to be made about Colorado maybe having to make another coaching change in the offseason, but maybe, maybe Carl Durrell will stick the foreseeable future we'll see hopefully and before we get chris out of here you talk about being creative and i want to say in all sincerity if anybody can be creative and do the job it's chris camerani <laughs> because i am big time i mean this chris i am so impressed with your work and your ability man if i was any editor any publisher across this country i'd hire you in an instant if i had an opportunity well i appreciate that guys and i appreciate you having me on and i know we might not have a lot of football to talk about in the future but uh, you guys know I'm down to talk about any subject ever, whether it's Jimmy Buffett, I know PK's favorite sport, Major League Soccer, Champions League, <laughs> Major League Baseball, whatever. If you guys need me, I'm I'm here. 
I'm glad PK didn't watch the Champions League final because that is uh, everything that people complain about soccer. Yeah, I have to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. It wasn't that good. (laughs) It wasn't that good, but it wasn't that bad. I mean, I've seen seen worse finals. (laughs) That's there's some faint praise. (laughs) I mean, all things all all things considered, I just I just the NBA restarting is great. The MLB restarting is great. But I, I'm going to look back on this whole year, and, and I'm going to thank everybody overseas for being able to get us through June and July with the fact that all those European soccer leagues restarted on time because, man, that helped me. So hopefully that we can keep this trend going. Thanks a lot, Chris. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Chris Camrani, you can read him in The Athletic, covering the youths and covering whatever else might be going on around the state of Utah that catches his eye. Sarah Todd, Utah jazz writer for the D News, uh, scheduled to join us at 9, had a little conflict, had to bump it. She's going to join us at 9.30 to talk about Game 5. It's the Jazz and the Nuggets. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's been a long four months. Welcome. Oh, Donovan, don't do me like that. But finally, the NBA is back. Back up and hammer. That is filthy, Rudy. Catch every second of every moment of Utah Jazz basketball. As the Jazz resume play from the bubble in Orlando, your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. All right, we just had Chris Camrani on from the U. Kyle Whittingham is going to be doing interviews at 11 o'clock this morning. He's going to have his Zoom press conference. Who knows when he'll have his next one. This could be it for a while, PK, because there's no games. Which brings up the question, what are they doing exactly? Uh, well, they are weeping that there's no games, that's for sure. I yeah. think we all are. Yes. Uh, the people who don't want games... But the people who absolutely have a political agenda, you cannot convince me otherwise. If you oh, if you totally don't want now, that's a difference between well, I don't think they should play. Right. That's a difference there. But There's, if you yeah. don't want the games, that's for political reasons, and I've got no reason to be interacting with you because I don't understand that, and you you have an agenda. I think everybody wants the games. I mean, college football, come on, man. Particularly in communities where you don't have the NFL, which is obviously our community, it is so freaking fun. And for me and for everybody, really, I'm no different, but we just, we just enjoy it so much. I was thinking about this, you know, what should they be doing? Kyle Whittingham, 60 years old, right on the button, right? So let's mm-hmm. just assume he probably did it earlier, but for the sake of round numbers and help me with the easy math, let's assume he first started playing at 10. He probably started playing at one and a half, but uh, <laughs> let's just guy. go. Let's Yeah, that's who he is. Let's just go 10 because then I could do the math. And that means, and he didn't go on a mission, so for 50 years he's been doing this in one form or another. Every year for 50 years. And now it's being taken away from him. You'd be breaking out in rashes. <laughs> You'd be, uh, all these things that would be going on in your mind and your body have just got to be crazy. So I, and I thought, well, they shouldn't be working out. But then at the same time, I'm thinking, oh, wait a second. This is what they 
do this, particularly this time of year. It's not necessarily who they are, but it's what they do at this time of year. Guy Holiday is used to working with his receivers this time of year and getting the uh, receiver machine there that shoots out the balls after practice and doing that. You see him there every time you're there. You see him doing that. Every single time we're there, he does that. And now he can't do it. And I'm sure he's been doing it for close to 50 years. He's I don't think he's quite as old as Kyle. So and my point is, whatever they're allowed to do uh, health-wise and regulation-wise this time of year, I'd say go ahead and do it because it's what you do, and it'll help you get through these times. So go ahead and do it, whatever, whatever it might be. So when you say working out, I assume right away that there's no reason to let up in the weight room. You know, the strength and conditioning, right. that never stops. I think that's a given. Uh, yeah, yeah, anything yeah. you lose, you're going to have to go get back. And, you know, all these guys, you know, whatever you are at 16, 17, 18, you got to be bigger, stronger, faster at 21, 22, 23. So then I think also, and, and coaches are big on visualization. Uh, I didn't know anything about it when my high school basketball coach started telling us about a study about free throw shooting that they did a study with three groups of kids who'd never played basketball or shot free throws. And one of them, practice free throws and one of them didn't and then a third group didn't shoot them but was told how to do it and visualized it and like their numbers were pretty close to the kids who actually physically practiced it and they were both much better than group who's just like yeah come back in three weeks and we'll see what happens uh so i would think and riley if we get riley jensen on here i'm sure he'll go nuts on visualization how important it is I think the video work continues nonstop, just like the weight room. So the only thing that leaves a gray area then is organized physical practices. You know, can you have guys out there? Should you have them out there if they're not playing? How much hitting would there be? How much would it just be a glorified walkthrough? To me, that's the question for Kyle, because I think they can do the video sessions over Zoom, and you can spread guys out in the weight room, you know, schedule them in in different shifts. So I think those are, those are locks. It's just the how much small group or full team activity are you going to do. You know, a receiver's going to get together with a quarterback and throw. I, I would hope so. I would think they are, but... Because you look at what Chris was talking about, how Jake Bentley had been recruited for several years by Andy Ludwig. I thought Andy Ludwig was absolutely brilliant last year. And I and I'm one of the storylines I'm going to miss is to see how he's going to use that offense, particularly Keithy at tight end, because he put him in positions that this kid came from being under-recruited basically out of Texas to now in most prognate prognostications I saw in all project, all conference projections, he was listed as first-team tight end in the Pac-12, which usually means you are NFL-bound because the Pac-12 is pretty well a, a skill league. And, and so with that in mind, they we're not going to see that this season, and that really bothers me. Well, this kid has a potential pro career, the tight end that I just mentioned, as the quarterback. So he should be, you know, and I, I got all the regulations of the health-wise. I'm not saying that. I'm within the boundaries of whatever is acceptable. But this is, for him, he's got money on the line, potentially. So get him working with Andy, even if it's just out on the practice field, so he can further enhance his skills, because this is why he came here, to, to show off, to learn from Andy, and to show off his skills to NFL folk. So don't deny him that opportunity 
in that way. So I've sort of reversed my opinion, thinking, well, they should just not be out there. But no, I'm thinking, no, for a lot of these kids, they've got potential pro process. Even if he's a backup quarterback in the NFL, so what? Let's get Ty Detmer on to talk about how yeah. lucrative that can be, right? Right. You know, that money is to be made. And so you cannot deny these guys an opportunity. Health-wise is a different story. But otherwise, I don't think you should be denying these guys an opportunity to improve their skills because they are in a di- uh, basically auditioning, in a sense, for the NFL. And so getting uh, these quarterbacks with Andy as much as possible, and then of course with the receivers, I think is 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 critical to the development because you know let's not be naive here. A lot of these kids, that's Jalen Johnson came to the U of U to enhance his professional opportunities, and it worked out great for him. And not everybody's in that case, I get that, but for a lot of these kids, they are, and it well, should be allowed to happen. I think the one thing is that for everybody, that's the dream. And you're not going to get to the – a lot of kids aren't going to get to the dream because we know the math. It's just a math problem, right? There's 130 you know, schools playing at the FBS level, and there's only 32 NFL teams. So you can do the math. But you're not going to be the one who beats the odds and reaches the dream if you're sitting in your apartment playing video games, filling the time that you used to spend at the football facility. Right. you you got to be chasing the dream. You may not get there, but that's why, you, that, that's why you're here. That's the dream. All right, DJ PK, and it's time to bring in TV's Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? See, now people can put a face with the name because you've been branching out. Your face is on billboards, you're on TV, you're right. everywhere. You're Not just everywhere. radio, TV now, yes. That's right. But you came back to the morning show because you remember your roots. <laughs> that's true. Oh, it's been many years. That's true. And and someday I'll get back into studio, I hope. Okay. Well, in the meantime, though, you're going to talk to us about the work you're doing at Wasatch Medical Clinic. I think people are familiar with ED and all that. Uh, but the clinical studies, last time you were here, you, were, you weren't talking about them the way you are now. There's some new stuff there. Yeah, uh, we've been saying for a long time that our technology works at opening up blood vessels and eliminating ED. And uh, there's always been clinical studies, but more and more of it is coming out now. This is more mainstream. Um, When Cambridge does a study on your technology, you know it's mainstream. Um, When they determine that that the success rate's very high, that is a great sign. The American Urological Association, even the FDA registered this device now. So we've got all this science We've got all the feedback from patients that we see every day, and we know that we can get guys off the pill. That has been the only option for erectile dysfunction since the early 90s. We finally have a breakthrough. We finally have clinical science and studies. We can get the blood flow going where you want it, when you want it. And think of this, normal function. Back in your younger years when things worked like they should, you didn't have to stress about the pill. That is what these treatments can accomplish. So you got a special offer for people? We do. Call us now. Uh, We'll do a lot for free, including an assessment exam and a blood flow ultrasound with our doctor, by the way. He is an MD. And we're throwing in a little special gift that's been hugely popular, produces instant results in the bedroom, and it is totally free. The number to call is 801-901-8000. You can reach the Wasatch Medical Clinic at 801-901-8000. Give Andrew a call now, 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys.